podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You all right? It's an for us to compare and contrast. It's probably more inane. Regardless, let's indulge this inane side for half an hour on this wonderful Wednesday morning. I am Jake from What If Football. Thank you again for donating to our Patreon page. And this is the 13th episode of the Head to Head podcast here on Patreon. And today we are pitting two absolutely magnificent Bayern Munich legends, Gerd Muller and Robert Lewandowski. Let's get stuck straight in, shall we? Hello, and we'll crack on with the point system, shall we? The ever-flawed point system that we have um, taken and bastardised from Monday Night Football. So we're making it relevant. So point, five points you get for a World Cup win, a Champions League, or a Ballon d'Or win which may be contentious in this one and we get four points for a top 10 league and a european championships three points you get if you've won the europa league stroke uefa cup or the cup winners cup of course and a golden boot or a golden ball at either a world cup or a european championships two points is for a top 10 cup or the european golden shoe and one point is for your domestic golden boot a club world cup or struck intercontinental cup of course and a league cup which might not apply to uh, Robert Lewandowski should apply to Gerd Muller but alas he didn't win one whilst there was a league of pokal may or may not have existed during his time at Bayern Munich what did exist there was the Bundesliga and we'll discuss how they did it and everything else later on but let's get stuck straight into the points shall we so Gerd Muller he gets 16 points, a big 16 points for the Bundesliga, Bundesliga titles of 1969 and the three consecutive titles in 72, 73 and 74. Meanwhile, they were not only dominating the league, but dominating the cup, the DFB Pokal too. And 66, 67, 69 and 71. So you get a double winning uh, season in there in 1969 and that gets eight points for four cup wins. Of course, three European Cups followed, didn't they, in quick succession, 74, 75 and 76. And for that, you get a big round 15 points. Gerd Muller also won the Cup Winners' Cup in 1967 for an extra three points. The Intercontinental Cup for an extra point in 1976, of course. On the international stage, you get the World Cup of 1974, which is five points. The European Championships of 1972, which is four points. And the Ballon d'Or of the 1970 year, calendar year, that's five points. A World Cup Golden Boot gets you three points. A European Championships Golden Boot gets you three points. And you've got the Golden Shoes from the Bundesliga times seven. So that's seven more points there. And the European Golden Shoes of 1970 and 1972, which, if my maths is correct, gives us a lovely, ironic total of 74. 74. Ironic because he won the World Cup in 74. Anyway, let's start with the... Uh, Numbers for his international 
team, shall we? 68 goals, which might not be a record in West Germany. Struck Germany now, but he did it in 62 games, which is quite frankly just stupid, isn't it? Um, up until 2006, he had the record for the amount most World Cup goals ever. So he's got 14 goals in World Cup history, only bettered in um, 2006 by Ronaldo. So that stood for well over 32 years there. And for Lewandowski, let's crack on with his points tally, shall we? So, we've got Bundesliga titles in, ready for this one, 2011, 2012, short break, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 and 2021. That adds up to 36 points, with it being nine Bundesliga titles, of course, the first two coming with Borussia Dortmund under Jurgen Klopp and the other seven, of course, coming consecutively for Bayern Munich. If we'd have done this episode a year later, perhaps they would have had 40 points almost certainly would have had 40 points given the start to the Bundesliga season here. Right, so the Pokal, he did win four Pokals, a bit like Gerd Muller as well, one with Borussia Dortmund in 2012 as part of their double winning team, and then three with Bayern Munich so far, at least 2016, and the consecutive triumphs of 2019 and 2020, one as part of a double, and then because of the Champions League win in 2020, which was an extra five points, as part of a treble, of course, he also won the Intercontinental Cup, which... He's now known as the Club World Cup, is essentially the Intercontinental Cup. The European team meets the South American team. It's almost usually how it ends. Um, and that gets him an extra one point. And with the European Golden Shoe of 2021 and, let's count them, six Bundesliga Golden Boots, that gives us a lovely 66 points for Lewandowski. But here's the asterisk. Do we count the Polish Cup and the Polish League with Lech Poznan? If they're top five, top 10 league or cups, I'm not sure that Polish club football is in that bracket of top 10. Um, for winning it, though, I think we should um, add an extra two points, one of each, really. I think that seems fair, so that gives us 68 points. Also, we've got to count the phantom Ballon d'Or that he doubtlessly would have won in 2020, which adds us another five points on. So with that extra seven points, we get 73 points, which makes this... I think those results are kind of fair um, because he would have won the Ballon d'Or. For, for some reason, France football postponed the award despite the same amount of football being played, arguably more football being played, but that's by the by. Maybe European championships weren't played, so maybe that is why they postponed it. Who knows? I don't know why. But Lewandowski would have won it. Everyone knows he would have won it, so we're giving him it here. So he gets 72 points for his entire career. Good Muller. Uh, 73 points, sorry. So Gerd Muller gets 74. So that is probably the closest for two players that we've ever had. Of course, they're wildly skewed in terms of club success and international success, most notably. Um, so 73 to 74, Gerd Muller wins it. And we'll see if those tallies are um, aligned with my overall view at the end of the of the show here with the verdict. But in between, we've got the um, how they did it. How did Gerd Muller get 74 points in our stupid point system how did Lewandowski only trail him by a point which is the better Bayern Munich player well we'll all find out after this short break welcome back let's go to back to 1959 Gerd Muller was 14 he was an apprentice weaver three years later he would be playing for his hometown club the amateur outfit of TSV Nordingen and he banged in 51 goals in one season in the 1963-64 term 
a sign of things to come really for Gerd Muller there. Um, this ushered local club, you may have recognised them by the name, Bayern Munich to sign them up despite also interest from 1860 Munich. Now the dichotomy of the the Munich footballing landscape is very different to what it was in the early to mid 60s. Bayern Munich were nowhere near the powerhouse they would become and potentially why they are a powerhouse is because of the man we're discussing right now, Gerd Muller. Um, so 1860 were the dominating club in Munich, Bayern Munich, were even in the Bundesliga when Gerd Muller signed for them in 1964. And this was the first season of the Bundesliga. You may remember this, uh, me discussing this during a previous head-to-head, but let's go past that. The likes of Franz Beckenbauer, Sepp Meyer were in the Bayern Munich team and soon, of course, they were definitely in the Bundesliga. They won it as such in 1969, by which point all three of Muller, Beckenbauer, Meyer were all mainstays in the West German team. The World Cup was around the corner in Mexico. Muller didn't play in the 66 World Cup. Beckenbauer was there, though. Uh, Sepp Meyer went to the tournament in England, but didn't play a minute. Um, Hans Tikowski was the um, was the West German number one by that point. But by 1970, Sepp Meyer had um, definitely dethroned him as West Germany's number one. So the 1970 World Cup appears on the horizon, West Germany rock up in Mexico, and among the favourites as well as the likes of the holders, England, and the uh, the favourites, Belgium, uh, Belgium, Brazil, rather, with the likes of Pelé returning in full fitness. So by this point, Gerd Muller has um, started to uh, rack up quite the goal tally, 207 in 235 games for Bayern Munich in all, in all games. It's got nine in qualification for this tournament, the most in um, UEFA's qualification, only behind Tostao of Brazil, um, with 10 goals, as it were, in the uh, South American qualification. So alongside the Bundesliga that he won the previous year, Gerd Muller had picked up three pokals to his name and the Cup Winners' Cup in 1967. He's netted twice against Hamburg in the pokal final in 67, both goals in the 1969 final against Schalke. So he, alongside winning the trophy, he was actually a big game player, to say the least, as well. And it would prove so in his Ballon d'Or winning year, 1970. Um... I should preface this with, in 1970, only Europeans could win the Ballon d'Or, and given the fact that Brazil won the World Cup, and potentially because Gerd Muller was the star for West Germany, um, he was always going to be either a West German or an Italian player. Um, of course, with Feyenoord winning the European Cup in 1970, that also factors into it as well. I've discussed this before, like in 2004, when... The, in, in, in arguably the Ballon d'Or usually goes to a high profile winner of either an international tournament so Copa America or Euros or a World Cup or the Champions League so 2004 Greece win the Euros Porto win the Champions League no real household names are in either of those teams so Andrei Shevchenko wins the Golden Boot 1970 Pele can't win it by this point neither can the likes of Carlos Alberto Rivellino also start Jezinho as well so then you get it down to, and Feyenoord winning the European Cup in 1970, you got to boil it down to who was the best player between the West German and Italian teams. I don't know if that's a cynical look on it, but that's certainly how it feels um, nowadays at least. And he captured the golden boot in the World Cup in 1970, scoring 10 goals. So it was probably going to be him, despite, of course, um, them not qualifying for the final and Italy doing so. The winner he scored in the first ever World Cup match for Gerd Muller against Morocco, and then he scored... Followed that up with two hat-tricks and obviously the first against Bulgaria in the second group stage game and then another hat-trick against Peru in the final match which gives them three wins from three. 
Muller scoring seven of West Germany's ten group stage goals. Then, of course, came the England quarterfinal, which we discussed a little bit last um, episode in the uh, Great Games podcast, if you've not listened to that yet. The uh, England qualifier with Poland from 1973. So he nets the winner in that topsy-turvy clash as Sir Alf Ramsey takes off Sir Bobby Charlton. West Germany capitalise on the uh, absence of Gordon Banks. Peter Benetti was in good Muller scoring the volley. That eliminates the holders England for the World Cup for 12 long years. West Germany in that time would fill that void quite comfortably in both the Euros and the World Cup. So he scores two more in extra time against Italy in the semi-finals. You'd have thought that would be enough, scoring two goals in an extra time match in a World Cup semi-final, as cagey affairs as they are. This one wasn't. It was a 4-3 loss to Italy. Uh, so he scores 10 goals and in one tournament, which is would have been a record had it not been for the likes of Sandor Kochis, uh, from 1954 and just Fontaine as well he's got 13 goals in that particular tournament so he's got 10 goals he's close to breaking the record for the most World Cups Germany wouldn't be successful of course in this tournament but they would be soon we tend to say numbers such as Cristiano Ronaldo's and Lionel Messi's currently have never been done before you could probably factor Robert Lewandowski into that as well and if they have we probably dismiss them like Pele for reasons like they've they've never played in Europe Gerd Muller though he played in Europe he played in one of the strongest leagues in the 1970s. You've got Bayern Munich, you've got Gladbach, you've got Hamburg. All good teams who competed, Dortmund as well, all competed in the big European competitions, would make finals, would win European competitions. So the Bundesliga in the 70s, arguably one of the strongest leagues in Europe. Um, and Gerd Muller in this league put up consistent numbers, 50 plus in each and every season, in all competitions, admittedly. Um, this is when Bayern Munich win the Bundesliga three times in a row. The first of which, the 1971-72 season, is the season which really ties this comparison with Robert Lewandowski in a nice, neat little bow. Gerd Muller scored 40 goals in that Bundesliga season. A record that was seen to never be broken, ever. To be a constant in the football and history books. More on that one later, of course. So Bayern Munich are dominating the Bundesliga finally, as they were probably should have done with the likes of Beckenbauer, Meyer. Muller, what a superb spine to a football team you could have possibly hoped for, really. One of the best ever, really. So the next step is Europe. Good Muller, in the early days of Bayern Munich in the European Cup, scores 11 goals in the 72-73 season. But, and to say that Muller scored 11 goals, Bayern got knocked out in the quarterfinals, that was quite impressive. Of course, there was a thrashing in there. I think they got a 13-0 in there somewhere. There are thereabouts, which may skew things, but still. He got the golden boot in the European Cup. They would fall to um, that time's domineering force, Ajax, in the quarterfinals, of course. But finally, in 1974, the year after, Bayern Munich win their first European Cup. Gerd Muller scoring twice in the final. I said earlier, he was, he's the man for the big occasion, scoring twice in a European Cup final. Fantastic. They beat Atletico Madrid 4-0 in the uh, replay there. And he won the Golden Boot again, this time with four goals. And the Golden Boot was replicated in the 1974-75 season as well. Top scoring again, scoring in the final again. This time it was a 2-0 win over Leeds United in Paris. And whatever Leeds fans might have you believe, they're not the champions of Europe. Um, they lost 2-0, um, albeit controversially, maybe. Um, Gerdmull would be the second, only second in the scoring ranks for the 1975-76 season. So his peak must have waned. Not a bit of it. They, uh, he would make sure that uh, Bayern Munich won a third title in a row just like Ajax had just previously gone and done three years in a row previously to Bayern's three wins beating St Etienne 1-0 there so Bayern Munich are on the way to 
perhaps emulating Bayern Munich, uh, Bayern Munich to perhaps emulating Real Madrid of the 50s in winning five Champions Leagues or European Cups in a row, but obviously that never comes to pass. Good Muller may rank now 20th in terms of Champions League goals. Obviously, I think this is skewed because in the Champions League compared to the European Cup, you play a lot more games, probably double now that you what you would play because you play 13 games. If you get to the final here, you would play... So essentially the knockout phase, so you play six less games per season as well. And entry to the European Cup is far harder in Gerd Muller's time. Still ranks 20th though in terms of Champions League goals ever. But his ratio, goals to game ratio of 0.97 goals per game is the highest by far of any player ever in the history of the Champions League. You've got Frank Puskas, you've got Jose Altafini, you've got Alfredo Di Stefano of the dominating clubs of years gone by Milan, Real Madrid, who occupy the list just below um, Gerd Muller here. And whilst you've also got high ratios for the likes of Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, they rank second and first respectively in terms of Champions League goals. And third, Robert Lewandowski, of course. And uh, like Gerd Muller, Lewandowski started outside the top flight and in Poland as well, the country of his birth, of course. He was the country's third division top scorer in 2007 and then the second tier's top scorer in 2008. Obviously, a promotion was dealt in and amongst that. So to get the top scorer, the golden boot in successive years, like in the equivalent to a league one, then the championship, you must have um, a move to the top flight then and of course, Lewandowski does, moves to one of Poland's premier clubs, Lech Poznan. And 1.5 million Zloty was the fee, and his form did, you've got to say, translate to the Extra Klasse, which is the Premier League in Poland, the top division. 41 games in eight, 41 goals in 82 games later, his name was banded around Europe. He gets six goals in the Europa League stroke. UEFA Cup, which didn't really harm his prospects either for a Lech Poznan team who weren't expected to do much of anything, really. So whilst Gerd Muller had risen to the top quite quickly in a bigger team, um, as we think of now, Lewandowski was 22 by the time he played in the top five league. Blackburn Rovers famously tried to sign him. Sam Allardyce loves that anecdote, doesn't he? But um, a volcanic ash cloud got in the way of his transfer. Genoa wanted him as well. Um, no barrier there of an ash cloud. They could easily have driven down to Italy to finalise that deal, but Genoa pulled the plug on the deal. You could arguably say that Lewandowski could use the uh, the English channel uh, tunnel to uh, get to England, but obviously the lure of Blackburn wasn't that much. In the end, Lewandowski signed for much near, much more closer team in the Bundesliga, Borussia Dortmund. The rest, of course, is history. It was kind of a slow start by the poll, scoring nine goals in 43 games in the first Bundesliga winning season. You can attribute that to sort of acclimatising to the Bundesliga, acclimatising to a new team as well. It's a big step left Poznan to uh, Borussia Dortmund. Of course, Jurgen Klopp and Dortmund around this time were playing that heavy metal football, that high press, high engagement football um, that uh, Liverpool fans now come to love. Um, and then in the double winning season in 2012 was 30 goals in 47 games. Dortmund win their second league title in a row and they beat Bayern Munich of all teams in the Pokal final in 2012. Not only a goal he scores in that game, but a hat-trick for the Polish Centre forward, not only a defeating of Bayern, but a humiliation, a 5-2 win over the powerhouse of German football. He was definitely, we think, entering his peak. We didn't know how long it had lasted. He's probably around 24, 25, 26 here. Um, Bayern, of course, we know would roll back to the treble. But I think we all, everyone around Europe knew Lewandowski's true potential 
a year on in the 2013 Champions League semi-final. Certainly that's where I probably became aware of him a lot more. Um, Real Madrid were the opponents in the semi-final. Real Madrid were 11 years removed from their last Champions League win. Dortmund were in their first Champions League semi-final since the 90s. Of course, they won the trophy quite shockingly in 1997. So you get to the first leg, the Westfalen Stadion. Lewandowski scored not one, not two, not three, but four goals in the first leg. And I'm maybe I'm missing a player. Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo seem to be the obvious answer to this, but I don't think they've done it in the semi-final. Can't think of any player who has scored four goals in a Champions League semi-final. I know as soon as I finish recording this, I'm going to find out because it's bugging me. Um, I didn't put it in my notes, didn't look through my notes, didn't think of it then, but I'm sure Lewandowski is quite possibly in the Champions League era, may have happened in the European Cup, I'm not ruling that one out, unless I'm missing an absolutely glaring match where Messi just took on the entire team of you know Bayern Munich or Real Madrid or whatever and scored four goals, or Ronaldo did similarly, I can't think of an example. So, so Dortmund win 4-1, they lose 2-0 in Spain but squeeze through in the end, but as I said Bayern won the treble so Dortmund can't win the final ultimately, and um, Jurgen Klopp's team of Goethe, Royce, Lewandowski, it gets broken up inevitably as Bayern are the big powerhouse. Lewandowski leaves for Bayern Munich in 2014. And only Bayern Munich have won the Bundesliga since, so it's safe to say that Lewandowski has had his, um, his pretty much his, he has had his fair share of Bundesliga titles and his peak that we thought, or that I thought he was potentially going to reach either side of this transfer is not slowed down in the absolute slightest. I think he's 33 now. Um, 25 goals in 49 matches would be an incredible tally for anybody else that isn't named probably Messi and Ronaldo in this era. Now, um, you can attribute that now, as we know from hindsight, to first season syndrome. And then from then on in, he scores 40 plus goals in every single season he's played in. 42 in 51 becomes 43 in 47, becomes 41 in 48, becomes 40 in 47, and then becomes 55 in 47. I've not got them the wrong way around. He genuinely scored 55 goals in 47 games. And at that point, you think he is up there with Messi, with Ronaldo in terms of goal scoring numbers. May not be glamorous the way he does things, may potentially play in a weaker league, but I think La Liga isn't as weak as the Bundesliga now. And where Ronaldo's been playing Serie A, I think maybe slightly worse than Serie A. I think Serie A's a pretty decent league nowadays. Those are huge numbers, ridiculously numbers. And then finally, last season, mere months before Gerdmull was passing as well, which is kind of fitting in a way, um, you know, macabre sort of way. Lewandowski would score 41 goals in a Bundesliga season, in a few less games than Muller as well, in 29 games. And of course included in the... Um, the season prior is another treble. Lewandowski's first in his finest scoring season yet, obviously before the uh, the Bundesliga record fell. Um, and he's on to complete those numbers this season. And like I said at the top of the show in the points section, COVID easily robbed him of a Ballon d'Or. I'll stand by that. I think everyone knows it. I don't see why they can't award it him honorarily or retrospectively because he quite blatantly was going to win it and if not him probably Thomas Muller uh, maybe um, by me it was just irresistible that year weren't they ultimately Lewandowski has been let down in the point stick and potentially in his career by the nation he was born in um, at a time where Miroslav Klose was on the back nine of his career nobody's filled his void as a centre forward for Germany I don't think anyway 
You may have Timo Werner, you may have Kai Havertz, such Gnabry, Leroy Sané can both play centre-forward as well as split strikers, but nobody's filled the void of Miroslav Klose. So just when Germany need a centre-forward, their ideal centre-forward, in my mind, is Polish and across the border there. Perhaps it should go without saying, um, really, at this stage, that Poland, uh, Robert Lewandowski is Poland's all-time best scorer. He's also their most capped player as well. Um, Gerd Muller doesn't hold either of Germany's record in that sense, but his return of 68 goals in 62 caps makes him their most prolific goal scorer. Um, I've said on podcasts before that, for me, professionalisation in football was taken to new heights in the 60s, um, and then again in the 90s, I think, to what it is now. Um, Gerd Muller has the highest goals per game ratio in international football. That is 1.1 goals per game from after the 1960s. Or, you could argue, post-war as well. The, the only player who has a record that's remotely better than his in terms of goals per game is Denmark's Paul Nielsen, who has 1.37 goals per game. To put it into perspective... Paul Nielsen's international career was from 1910 to 1925. So, slightly different times that we're operating in here. So you could potentially say that Gerd Muller is the most prolific international striker, goal scorer of all time. And I'd say he is. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo obviously has the longevity, obviously has played in more games because more games are afforded to you as a, uh, a modern footballer, for better or worse. So, and, he, and he has the men's goal tally record, as we know as is well publicised, but in terms of goals per game, Gerd Muller will probably always, obviously this is a threshold of certain caps, so you can't just score two goals in a one game and then that's your international career, Dave Nugent. Um, so Gerd Muller is the most prolific international scorer ever. So before we get on to his international achievements, let's look at Lewandowski's international career. The Paul has appeared at the last three European Championships, scored in his first tournament uh, game, really, um, to open up Euro 2012 in a 1-1 draw against Greece. Poland wouldn't qualify for the following World Cup, but they managed to get through the groups of the 2016 tournament, obviously helped by the expansion to 24 teams. They drawn in a group with Ukraine, Germany, Northern Ireland to get seven points from that group. Uh, Duck concede, scored three goals, had done quite well in that group, um... And Lewandowski's first and only goal of the tournament was a quarterfinal goal against Portugal. But in the sharpest example yet, Lewandowski scored in the penalty shootout in that 1-1 draw against Portugal. But his team lost. His teammates not up to scratch missing penalties, as we know. And um, they're out and that's their best performance since 1982. Poland would make the 2018 World Cup and they were drawn in Probably, to me, I love a group like this in the World Cup because there's no there's no big team that's going to run away with it. It's four teams that, for me, if you can get four evenly matched teams, they probably were in Group H of the last World Cup. Poland were drawn in it, obviously. Colombia, Senegal and Japan. Now, you may say Poland and Colombia were probably the two bigger teams out of that. Colombia were probably favourites to win that group. They did win it, admittedly, but it was very, very close. Um, but ultimately, Poland were an absolute disaster. Um, not to say that uh, Germany weren't either in that tournament. They went out of the groups as well. But Poland have consistently been a disaster. Since the 1982 World Cup, I don't, I'm going to say that they've done nothing of real note. Obviously, the penalty shootout away from making a semi-final of the Euros in 2016. And to play Wales, who knows what would have happened then. Um, but in the 2018 World Cup, Lewandowski fires a blank. 
Krachowiak and uh, Bednarek scored the goals for Poland. They went out in a group containing Colombia, Senegal and Japan. They beat in Japan in the final game, um, which thanks to Japan not getting enough yellow cards, they go ahead of Senegal, um, Poland before that game were already out after surprising defeat to Senegal and a humbling against Colombia where Colombia and James Rodriguez ran riot. So the Euros again, 2014's last, well, not this year, it's 2020, but it was this year, wasn't it? Um, they were considered hopeful of a spot in the last 16 and I mean, you'd expect them to, they were drawn Sweden, they were drawn Slovakia and Spain and they just needed a win really. I mean, three points usually gets you over the line. You just got to maintain that goal difference a little bit. Um, they ultimately picked up one point, like at the 2018 World Cup, like at the 2006 World Cup, like at the 2002 World Cup, shockingly losing their opener to Slovakia. They scored their only point when Lewandowski equalised against Spain in their hardest game, but Spain around this time were, were kind of struggling in that baking heat of Seville, the dry pitch that they had to deal with, which is still, I think, a reckless decision from uh, UEFA to let that happen. Um Poland did threaten to make a game of it against Sweden. Remember, the they've got a point and third place can go through and with a win against Sweden, they would have qualified. Um, but they only perform when the game was up. They were losing 2-0 to Sweden. Then they turn that to 2-2. Lewandowski scores two fantastic goals. Um, and that is ultimately his highest return at a tournament, three goals, which for one of the generational stars of this era that we're living in is kind of disappointing although excusable when you when he plays for some of the lesser teams I mean you, I also rank Erling Haaland on that list who's in a similar position with Norway may not even play a game of tournament football in his career like so many other fantastic players we've seen Lewandowski has had that plays in a team good enough to uh, reach tournaments but ultimately never gets the chance to affect anything and even in this game they would lose 3-2 to Sw Sweden uh, last minute Victor Klassen goal, um, which changes the group dramatically, but still Poland would finish bottom of the group regardless. And now they've got a real job on qualifying for the uh, for the upcoming World Cup. They're in the same group as England. They'll face a stern test in Hungary to qualify. Um, I'm recording these um, the, a couple of weeks before the October internationals, so future me will know more about their chances. They've got, I think they've got Albania and Hungary to come win both those games there probably odds on for a playoff spot and barring any England collapse qualification and uh, obviously these figures from Lewandowski pale into comparison with Gerd Moore's international return but before we get on to the verdict there's more of course Gerd Muller did become victorious the 1972 Euros come around West Germany beat England again only the second team as we discussed yesterday to beat England at Wembley um, overseas that is um, after Hungary in 1953 and because of course they beat England in, in a major tournament qualifier or final because finals tournament because it's West Germany and it's England so we're at a four-team tournament and even despite a four-team tournament you only play two games Gerd Muller takes it by the scruff of the neck both goals in a 2-1 win away effectively in Antwerp against Belgium in the semi-final then two more in perhaps one of the up until 2012 at least for me most dominating displays by a team in the final um, in the Euros a 3-0 win of the Soviet Union who were no mugs let's not forget by this point their former winners have been in three finals um, and for these moments I think Muller has to be considered Germany's greatest ever striker, perhaps Europe's greatest ever striker. 
So in, for Germany in 1954, you've got Max Morlock, you've got Helmut Rahn, who will lead them to the to the World Cup then. And from the triumphs in the 90s, you've got Jürgen Klinsmann. In the 1980 years, you've got Klaus Olofs, who wins the Golden Boot. Horst Rubrecht, who scores the two goals in the final. 2014's World Cup, you've got Miroslav Closer conveniently breaks a World Cup goals record that God Muller once held, but Closer took it off Ronaldo. And for the other triumph in the 1974 World Cup, and although he might not have won the Golden Boot, Gerd Muller was that man. He scored one goal from an opening match, uh, from the opening group stage rather, that was it was kind of humiliating really because they, they would finish second um, second to their neighbours, East Germany, um, but they snuck in second place. But in the end, retrospectively, you can see now that it was a good thing. They avoided the Netherlands in the group stage and I know they beat them in the final, but in a semi-final group stage, the pressure was less and the Netherlands, for me, I think may have beaten them in the semi-finals. But... Gerd Muller. He would match the World Cup goal record with the 1-0 win against Poland in what was essentially a proxy semi-final. And then in the final was the Netherlands, the best team of the tournament. They attempted to not only beat them, but humiliate them, toy with them. They put the ball in the net before West Germany even touched the ball and then proceeded to humiliate them 1-0. But then you get the Paul Brighton the penalty, then you get Gerd Muller, the World Cup record breaker in his final World Cup game, scoring the winning goal scoring the most World Cup goals for for the foreseeable future, that being 32 years. And here we have, for me, Germany's easily their best ever striker. And whether or not he's Europe's best striker remains to be seen for the verdict, which um, will deliver after this break. Welcome back. So it's time to deliver the verdict. The points tally, of course, arbitrary as it is, was split by one point, 74 73 in Gerd Muller's favour. Lewandowski, only the, the only person that could possibly have been beating Gerd Muller's Bundesliga long-standing goals record. Both, of course, we know, dominated the Bundesliga with Bayern Munich. Although in Lewandowski's age, you may say that it's almost a given now compared to Gerd Muller, who made the future actions of Lewandowski a given because he built alongside Beckenbauer and others built Bayern Munich up to be the powerhouse in German football, West German football. Of course, Lewandowski's points tally as a result of this is slightly inflated due to Bayern Munich domination of its time. But let's not forget, he did do it also with Borussia Dortmund in the end. And and as a team that there were and are a perpetual underdog, really. I could say that he might not have won as many Champions League titles as he ought to have, but... That remains to be seen for the foreseeable because there still might be one or two more in his future. So I think before we even decide this particular podcast on the lottery of birth, which, you know, a couple of hundred miles west, Lewandowski's West German and is winning everything. Um, Obviously, Poland less successful than Germany in Muller's time and Muller, of course. I think despite that, he edges it. Um, Muller... Uh, Lewandowski can only have the huge success he can have at Bayern Munich because of Gerd Muller, because of the successes that Bayern Munich had in the late 60s, the early to mid 70s. There is no Lewandowski going to Bayern Munich for a free. There's no migration, mass migration from under the Bundesliga teams to Bayern Munich without Gerd Muller and Beckenbauer and Meyer winning all those things in the 70s. They're not the powerhouse of German football now it's more evenly split we will still have Bayern of course 
we'd still have 1860 Munich maybe in the Bundesliga now. We'd still have Hamburg, Stuttgart, Bremen, Dortmund, Gladbach, all as the uh, prevailing teams in Germany still, yeah. But um, good Muller and what his team did in the 70s necessitate what Lewandowski is doing right now for Bayern. And for that alone, even without the multiple international honours, the multiple uh, European honours, more successful in the Champions League, for example, or European Cup, obviously Lewandowski, <laughs> more successful in the Bundesliga, but for reasons outlined just now, that is because of Gerd Muller. Um, and Muller has, even on an individual goals and tournaments basis, has to take it as well. So it's in the end, it's not that close, but... Um, and I think Lewandowski would have been, probably would have been held up eventually um, as one of the greatest strikers of his generation. I've got no doubt about that. He may have had to move from Dortmund. It may not have been to Bayern had Muller not existed, but he would have moved away from Dortmund um, if they hadn't have been successful. Maybe they dominate under Jurgen Klopp. Who knows? That's a what if, isn't it? Um, maybe for a future day on YouTube there, but um, I think we've decided it quite easily this week, surprisingly. Gerd Muller is better than Robert Lewandowski. And next week, we'll be going on the Headset Podcast in episode 14, back to teams. We'll be looking at Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. We'll be looking at Arrigo Saki's AC Milan. Maybe a lot, um, a lot further apart than you may think we'll find out on next week's episode also on patreon this week we've got mailbags we've got football manager thursday's coming back because of international football of course and um we've got uh, great games podcast next week to look back on as well and until then see you Podcast Network.